Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The Links and Locks podcast. podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken yeah. dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He has been Everell from the PGA Tour, and we are prepared to talk about the Genesis Invitational at Venerable Riviera Country Club this week. Benny, you'll be on site, I believe. That's right. I'll be there as I like to get in amongst at Riviera, one of my favorite places that we visit all year. Classic golf course, as you said. Get the power greens, a couple of bouncy balls here and there, but definitely a fun place to visit, and, and I'll be in and amongst it all week. I've been saying throughout the day, Benny, that you couldn't find two more different golf tournaments than (laughs) the WM Phoenix Open and the Genesis Invitational. You couldn't find two more different golf courses than TPC Scottsdale and Riviera. And guess what? I love both of them. Had a great time out in Phoenix last week. Had a great time at that event. Really good finish. And then we are primed for a big time week at the Genesis Invitational this week. Tiger Woods, the host, will be on hand, of course, and can't wait to see how Tiger's looking and feeling and can't wait to get into the bets for this one. So as always, we're going through 18 holes. Benny, you're up first on the first tee box. Well, just before we start, mate, I just want to remind you or ask you, do you remember I picked us out right when last week there at Phoenix? Oh, we you were... did, didn't you? <laughs> Pretty sure I said it'd be a fight down the stretch with Scheffler and Shoffley now and that Scheffler would win. So uh, I'm going to claim that one now. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this. Yes, we will get into next week. You know, what's been and gone, right? What have you done for me lately? I spent Benny Everill with the big so, hit. I I apologize. Yeah. I should have noted that right <laughs> off the top. But yes, I was. That's uh, right. I was not confident right at all nice. after a round or two. I was not confident after a few <laughs> rounds, but he came back strong and, and managed to get it. So that was good. Well, I'll start with first round leader this week. And I'm going to go a guy that may be on some people's radar in this venue, may not be at others, but it's a... A bloke that was very much in the front of centre quite a few years back and is on his way back, Thomas Peters. Oh, I think yeah. Thomas Peters, first-round leader, 6,000 you can get. He, of course, was the individual winner of the NCAA that had Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas go head-to-head in the, the team play at Riviera. He's just gotten back into form on the DP World Tour with a victory. I think Thomas Peters is value everywhere, by the way, but I've slotted him in as a potential first-round leader, 6,000. Yeah, I like that play a lot. Peters can certainly go low. He has done it before 63 in the final round just a few years ago when he finished in a share of second place at this event. So I do like that play. I'll be mentioning Peters in just a second here. But hole number two, I'm going with one of my favorite players on the board this week for outright plays. Boy, he's just a little too short. I was hoping for 45, 50 to one on Matt Fitzpatrick. I guess he's just played too well with a couple of top tens in his first two starts of the year. He is plus 3,500. I will sprinkle a little outright, but my play here on the second hole, Matt Fitzpatrick, top five at plus 550, and combine that with the top 10 at plus 300. I think he's going to have a really good week. He was T5 
at this event last year. And like I said, sixth and 10th in two starts so far this year. He's definitely trending in the right direction. And he's the type of player that does step up at these, at these courses where, you know, you need to have the striking, right? So yes, I don't like how short he is as well, but who knows? Maybe he has a bit of a slow start in that first round and you can jump on him before round two. That's a good call. All right, hole three, I'm going to go to another guy again. This is not my outright pick. But I do think there's value across the board. So I'm calling him like a mid-range outright pick, if you will. Five, ten matchups if you get the right number. But Will Zalatoris, back after his COVID bout and after his runner-up at Torrey Pines, I think Will Zalatoris suits Riviera very well because the best putters don't always win there. And in fact, guys who tend to struggle on greens do well if they just hit the ball well and putt half decent. I'm talking about Adam Scott having won there twice. These sort of players, they're the ones who tend to do okay because no one's making as many putts as they usually would. Um, so sneaky Zalatoris to get back after having those couple of weeks off. Yeah, I think that's a smart move. I want to wait and see with Zalatoris and hear in some pre-tournament interviews whether he was sick with COVID, whether he was just, you know, had the sniffles yep. a little bit, whether he had no effects whatsoever. I'd like to just kind of hear about his health and how he's feeling before we start playing shots on him. But I don't mind. Wait that and see is a good approach. Yeah, very yeah. good. Very good plan. Just have a bit of a feel around. But maybe you'll get even drifting a little bit if he claims that he was a bit sick. And you can always be yeah. where the sick golfer. Yeah, exactly. All right. Hole number four. Sort of the same thing that you're saying there with putting essentially neutralized a little bit. Go after the ball strikers. One guy. You mentioned already, I'm, I'm combining four players for top 10s this week. If just one of them finishes in the top 10, you're going to be in plus money here. If two of them finish in the top 10, you're going to be rolling. So uh, I've got Thomas Peters, who you already mentioned, at plus 500. Like everything about him, some good history here. Won the NCAA individual title at Riviera 10 years ago. I think a lot of people are on Peters this week. He has finished inside the top 25 at each of his last five worldwide starts, including two wins. So like Peters. Second on the list, Eric Van Royen. This is more of a hunchy play, but a guy who's a good yeah, long yeah. iron player, mid-iron player, he's plus 700. Corey Connors has this one. You almost got to hold your nose a little bit, but it's a good number on Connors. <laughs> yes. Hasn't yes. played great yet this year. Uh, two missed cuts to start the year, and then he made it in Phoenix, but the ball striking wasn't what we normally expect out of Connors, and two missed cuts at this event in the past, but he's 100 to 1 outright. I'm taking him yeah. here. Wow. Uh, it's seven to one for a top 10. My last top 10 play. And Benny, I know you're going to mention this at some point. I may have stolen this from you in last <laughs> week's podcast, but I was going with it anyway. The entire world's on him this week. Francesco Molinari, top 10 <laughs> at plus yeah. 1,000. That's a huge number for oh, oh, a member at Riv. Come on. Yeah. I know you're taking that too. You're 100%. In fact, it, it can lead me straight into my next one if you like. But one of my long shots this week is Francesco Molinari, 150 to one. Yeah. You can get him. And I'm saying, look, he might not win this thing, but he can. He absolutely can. He plays there more often than not. Uh, we did sort of speak about this, I think, on Twitter spaces when I explained that when I played at the media day a few weeks back and got one of the local caddies, he was telling me he would put his entire house on a top 10 for Francesco Molinari at Riviera. He often caddies for him as they practice. He says he should sleep his way into a top 10. So that number is 100% ridiculous. Absolutely. Look, have a crack all day long. Um, for me, I said I'd marked him down as a long shot, so I'm going to keep it there, but go through all of them, 40, 20, 10, 5, and just put a little bit on the one, the win if you want, 100%. Let's go with Frankie Molinari. Yeah, I feel the same way about this next guy for hole number six. We just saw him play some of his best golf. I had been on him for the early part of the California swing. I was off him last week. 
This is where I was looking to jump back on at Riviera because this is where he made his PGA Tour debut as an amateur five years ago when he was still at Pepperdine. But all of a sudden, Sahith Figala goes and plays <laughs> the best golf of his life last week at the WM Phoenix Open. Sahith, you're killing me, man. I love everything about this guy. Bring some energy, bring some swagger to the proceedings and just did it a week too early for me. Hopefully he can replicate that. I'm going to be a little cautious, take him for a top 20 at plus 350. Still some decent numbers on Thigala, even after playing really well. It's almost as if the books don't trust that he is a rising star, but trust us, he is. He's a really, really talented player. He's going to be up there for a while. The only issue I have with him is if he backs up from the emotional roller coaster he had on Sunday in sure. the first round. I am certain he will play well once he gets rolling. I worry, if anything, just slightly, that first round emotional back into it, but so young, so resilient, proven it before. And Jason, you're 100% right when you say he's a star in the making. He will be contending many more weeks this year. And this week could easily be one of them. So I don't mind that at all, mate. Really well done. All right, I'll tighten in a bit and I'll go to a top 10 play myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like a guy who had another close call last week, led the field in greens in reg and strokes game T to green there in Phoenix. But in the end, finished third or a tie for third. And that's Xander Shoffley, plus 200 for a top 10. Four out of four at Riv, all top 25s. His sort of course, again, that he could get away with if he keeps the striking going. He's surely got to be fuming at the moment from having close calls and not getting it done. I've got the chip on his shoulder. Big field with all the top 10, et cetera, in the world there. He'll be wanting to prove himself. I think he'll have a decent week again. So I'm looking at Xander to keep his role going. Boy, if he could have just kept the ball out of the water last week, I mean, he would have won this thing by three or four shots. It's really close for Xander. I agree. I think it's going to happen. He looks like a guy that hasn't been able to win and get over the hump and win, but he's been a winner in the past. He's been a closer in the past. Just it's been a while now, other than that Olympic gold medal last summer. So I I do think it's going to happen. All right. Eighth hole. I've been doing pretty well on these long shot top 40 plays, Benny. I get it. Yeah. We can sit here and go, I like John Rom for a top 40. Yeah, no kidding. It's not going <laughs> to pay that well. You're laying a lot of juice there. But just picking some random guys. Last week on the podcast, I took Cameron Young before Cameron Young was even in the field. I said, if this guy gets in, he, I think he was first yeah. alternate at the time. Uh, I liked him for a top 40. I think he finished 26th. That was a decent play. And I'm going with another guy that I believe I've taken him one other time for top 40 as well here on the pod and it paid off. But David Lipsky is a good player from the West Coast who's a solid ball striker. He's won on seemingly every tour around the world, the DP World Tour, the Corn Ferry, the Asian Tour. So he's a guy that knows how to play well down the stretch. I don't need much from him. Picking him for a top 40, remember, only 120 players in this field. He's got to finish in the top 33%. I don't think that's asking too much for a guy who, like I said, is a good iron player. Plus 275, really like that number on him. There's quite a few top 40 plays that you can go, right? And But the problem is, as you said, with a stacked field, you've got a lot of minus numbers, right? And you might have to take one this week because of how, how good the players are. But you've picked a good one in the plus category there. Can't fault you. All right, I'll go, go. Are we, hole nine. The last hole of the front nine. Let's bring it, Benny. Need a birdie here. I'm going to do the opposite of you. I'm going to go with the negative numbers. I'm going to go a minus 165 but one that I think is pretty easy, and that's Mark Leishman. I think Mark Leishman, the Aussie, has decent pedigree around Riviera. He contended twice there. He's burning still about what happened in his other uh, favoured California power event there at Farmers at Torrey Pines. Uh, I just think he's good value amongst the massive field that we obviously hit, the, you know, the numbers go down, down, down. I think Leishman is one that you can get a little bit of value still out of. 
And I think he will be in that top 40. All right, Benny and I are going to go grab a beer at the turn. Then we're going to go up to the stands. We're going to throw the beers on the greens. And we're going to try not to (laughs) hit any of the golfers after their hole in one. But as we take a little break here, we're now joined by the hosts of the Better Golf Podcast, Nick Bretwish and Spencer Aguiar, betting experts and specialists in the finishing position markets, here to provide their favorite top five, top 10, and top 40 plays for this week's event. Thank you, Jason and Ben. We are very excited to be back again with the Action Network after an excellent Waste Management Phoenix Open. I hope everybody enjoyed that. I think if you watched it on TV, it was impossible not to enjoy it. But a huge week for the show and Spencer and myself. But we will kick us off at the Genesis Invitational for the top placement market. I'm going to start my card with Lanto Griffin, top 40 on FanDuel is plus 125. I had that price down to minus 110 in my model. Just excellent form, four straight top 40s for Lanto. Solid course history, I believe, both times he played here in 2021 and 2020. He finished top 40 in both of those. Cameron Tringali, top 40. FanDuel is even money. I had him priced down at minus 125. I don't love the price as much, but he is a perfect course fit in my model. He's great around the green putting approach off the tee is really my only concern there, and I don't really value that a ton at this course. Um, But two straight top 40 finishes at the Genesis as well. And then Joaquin Neiman, probably my favorite play this week overall, is minus 105 to finish top 40 on FanDuel. I had him priced all the way down to minus 155. He's an excellent form coming off two straight top 10s. Incredible ball striker. My only concern with him is the putter, as that's something I value a lot this week, but it is something that has been better in terms of Joaquin Neiman's profile this year. And then my last one is a little bit of a long shot, is Jordan Spieth top 10 on FanDuel is plus 430. It's 100 points better there than it is on DraftKings at plus 330. I had him priced right in the middle there, or more towards DraftKings at plus plus 350. He's an elite, elite short game player who seems to be struggling with the putter, but we all know what he can do on fast Poe greens. So I think it's a really good buy low spot here for Jordan Spieth. Spencer, what's on the card this week? Yeah, these 120 man betting boards can be challenging when we get stacked fields because pricing naturally reduces across the slate to account for the higher percentage of made cuts. And books tend to skew numbers towards the top half of the field with that being where the strength and exposure for them will lie. For that reason, I'm only going to have two top 40 plays to talk about this week. The first is Seamus Power, minus 105 on FanDuel. That is minus 155 on DraftKings. I feel like there's been a small overcorrection to the market after Power not only disappointed at the waste management, but also collapsed in front of the industry at Pebble Beach when he held the 36-hole lead. Uh, But it's important to remember as gamblers to ignore the short-term memory of those occasions and instead focus on the long-term positives that will continue to show the Irishman is one of the hottest golfers on tour. Power has come inside the top 31 in 15 of his past 19 starts. And the miscut last weekend at TPC Scottsdale was the culprit of a cold putter that saw him lose 2.4 strokes to the field. The 34-year-old still gained in all other categories for the week. And I think the recency bias here is placing Seamus inside of the wrong tier of golfers. And the second play for me will be Siwoo Kim at plus 115 on FanDuel. Siwoo has yet to lose off the tee this year, averaging 2.12 shots over his five starts. And while the irons have been erratic, We have seen him produce plus 1.56 strokes per event around the green since the Tournament of Champions. That number is higher than you would want because it means Kim is missing a ton of greens already as he heads into a venue where the field hits 8% fewer than a typical track. But the two-year model I run shows the 26-year-old as the fifth best short game specialist. This kind of course shouldn't make him uncomfortable since he is used to scrambling and he has shot par or better in 21 consecutive rounds 
the third best mark in this field behind only John Rahm and Patrick Cantlay. There you have it. We have Lanto Griffin, top 40, Cameron Tringale, top 40, Joaquin Neiman, top 40, Jordan Spieth, top 10, Seamus Powered, and Siwoo Kim, top 40. We will kick it back to you, Jason and Ben, and thanks a lot. Good luck this week, guys. Awesome. Good stuff there from the boys again, Sobes. But uh, out on the way out there, you were mentioning the uh, the beer throwing at, at Scottsdale and whatnot. I think next year we'll have that prop, won't we? Will there be a hole in one and how many beer cans will be thrown on the green? And uh, I don't know, will the tour, do you think they'll react? Do you think we'll end up with like the netting, like the baseball around that stadium or what's going to happen? That's been suggested. I did a lot of radio today talking about how we can curtail the beers on the green and beer cans being thrown at players. And I get that waste management has a zero waste policy at their (laughs) event. But if you pour the beers into a plastic cup, You can't really throw the plastic cup very far. It doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't hurt the green. So maybe we have some waste instead of zero waste at the WM Phoenix (laughs) Open next year. That's one way to curb it. By the way, I did have my own prop bet on BetMGM last week that Teddy Greenstein, our buddy, was able to boost for me to plus 500 for any hole-in-one at the 16th hole last week. Well, I paid off twice. How good is that? Yeah, very good stuff. All right, let's get to the 10th hole. I'm going with a guy here for a first-round leader play that everybody was all over when we got to the West Coast swing. Everybody liked him. And a few weeks ago at Pebble Beach, literally the entire world was backing Maverick McNeely. All of a sudden, he finished 33rd. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't a win. It wasn't another second place as he had done the year before, but it was fine. And then he withdrew from Phoenix. I don't believe there's no signs or talk of an injury or illness or anything like that. I think he just needed a week off. Now he goes to a place that he should know very well, played last year in his debut event, missed the cut, but he's a California guy. Maverick McNeely, uh, five of his last seven opening rounds have been in the 60s, including 69, 67, 65 in the last three at plus 7,000. Why not? He's worth a shot for FRL. Let's go to the 11th. Uh, top 20 for me. Mm-hmm. mentioned him slightly before. Adam Scott, two-time champion. Won a couple of years ago there at Riviera. I just feel like he always gets up for this event. Always is having a crack. And again, as I mentioned, if he ever has any issues, it's usually on the greens. He won't have that problem here. He will contend. Actually, I feel like he'll contend for a potential victory, but may fade a bit late with just the talent that is around him this week. Uh, so I think he's a really solid value. I think it's 150 at top 20. I'm pretty happy with that. And I think that's something that you can sneak off. Every week, the Aussie whisperer speaks. All right, 12th hole on DraftKings. I'm going with a three ball. Taylor Gooch, who was right there going into Sunday in Phoenix, did not play his best golf on Sunday, but did play his, some of his best golf last year at Riviera, finished in the share of fifth place. I think it's going to be a nice week for him. He's got a great combination of ball striking numbers and good numbers around the greens. I believe he's sixth on the PGA Tour in strokes gained around the green so far this season. I'm taking him at plus 180 over Russell Henley and Sungjae Im this week. It's funny you said that one because I had the five-ball matchup that had those guys in it, but I had uh, Adam Scott there at plus 330 with Im, Henley, Bubba, and Jordan. Yeah, so like that that's another one for those to look at. Adam Scott there, like, yep. yeah, good stuff. All right, the 13th, I'm looking at another long shot here or what I call my mid-range but he's still 130 to 1. Again just a bit of a feel sprinkle a little bit maybe if you want. Harold Varner the third coming off that victory overseas and not necessarily backing up that great last week but you know that's to be expected of course he'd had a huge win. People might not remember or they may remember that he was potentially going to win this tournament a few years ago before absolutely topping one off the 10th tee which was an absolute (laughs) shocker one of the worst shots you'll ever see in professional golf but at least he was able to laugh about it. He fell away that week. He does have some 
some pedigree at the course, can play well at Riviera. I think 130 is enough to sprinkle just a little bit on in case he gets hot, given the form he's in. Yeah, hopefully that confidence carried over from the Saudi International a couple of weeks ago. All right, you mentioned those DraftKings groups, Benny. Uh, hole 14, I'm going with one of these five-man groups, and I'm picking out Joaquin Neiman at plus 350 oh, yes. to beat Seamus Power, Jason Kokrak, Kevin Na, and Abraham Answer. None of those guys in great form. Well, Power's in pretty good form, but I do think Neiman's being overlooked and undervalued a little bit in the marketplace. I get it. He does not have a great record at Riv in two previous starts. Guess what? He didn't have a great record, three previous starts, excuse me. Nothing inside the top 40, but he didn't have a great record at Torrey Pines either and finished in a share of sixth place just a few weeks ago. I see a similar correlation to that scenario this week in Los Angeles where I think he can step it up and have a really good week. Still a young 20-something where he's getting that experience and still learning on a seemingly weekly basis. So I think Neiman is primed for a big week this week. I like it for top 10s as well. I think Neiman will contend heavily in a major championship for the players Ooh. this year. I think he's on the rise, ready to rumble. And believe it or not, he loves that it's a President's Cup year. He's right into it. And I know he wants to show form going into that. He's pumped for a big season. So I do think you'll see some Neiman star rising at some point in something big. And that could be this week. This is a big elevated event. So I yeah. love it. All right. All right. <laughs> I said I'd go back to one more Aussie. My top five plays Cameron Smith, the mullet. He's uh, 400 for a top five. He's had two top tens at Riviera. He adores the place. It's one of the places he desperately wants to win at. He's fired up to do well there. Again, he's against the top players in the world. That's when he gets the chip on his shoulder and decides to turn up and play, especially when people talk up a guy like Justin Thomas, who he really loves to beat. I've got Cameron Smith to contend hard this week at Riviera. I haven't spoken to Smitty this week, so like I haven't had a real good feel for how he's feeling, but... I just know that he's burning from not getting it done, having a good start over there in the desert. And Riviera is his favorite joint. So expecting big Yeah, big fan of Cameron Smith pretty much every week. But this week, especially, like you said, he's played well here in the past. And Cameron Smith is a guy that's playing well every single time he tees it up these days. So you get that nice intersection of, well, he's got the form and he's got the history. So that's a good play there. 16th hole. All right, Benny, I did some research. I mean, I went deep on this thing. That's not you. I know. (laughs) I looked it up and then all of a sudden I kept going, kept going because I wasn't finding anything to dissuade me and I kept going deep. So DraftKings has a prop winner to par the 72nd hole. Now, granted, you're laying some juice. It's minus 250. Okay, I don't love laying the juice at a number like that. But the winner of this event has made par on the final hole each of the last seven years and 19 of the last 20. Yeah, it's it's a difficult hole. It's not so difficult that you're making too many bogeys. In fact, none of them have bogeyed it. Only Bubba Watson back in 2014 has made birdie. Yeah, no, that hole, the amphitheater is brilliant. Very rare, very rare you're going to get a birdie there to finish. Okay, so my my outright winner. Okay, now look, I'm pretty chuffed that I picked Scheffler last week and got that. It's it's hard to do in golf. Really good. But the top 10 are all playing at rib. And so anyone who I haven't said, whether it's, you know, Ram, Thomas, DJ, Rory, all these guys, if you think that they're worth some value, look, I'm not going to talk you out of any of them, really. But the guy I'm going to jump on is Victor Hovland. Ooh. Now, Victor is 2,500, I think I saw. He had a T5 there the last time he played. He's obviously just done well in the desert and won. He didn't play well last week. And again, that's okay. Different story, different course. He strikes it well. He's going to be accurate. He doesn't need to putt 
at his absolute best to contend. And I think of all the value, if you're looking at that, that we might find amongst those top stars, I like his the best at the moment. I think that 25 is a good number and I've seen a little higher in some places and as low as 22, I think. I just think that the value is there with him. Tremendous value on a top five player in the world who, before he missed the cut last week in Phoenix, we're talking about him like, wow, he should be amongst the favorites every single week. If he had played anything close to decent in Phoenix last week, my guess is he'd be closer to 15 to one, maybe even 12 to one this week instead of 25 to one. So yes, I agree. There's a ton of value. I'm going to go the complete opposite way with my favorite outright, I'm going to go with a guy who was in contention, in fact, lost in a playoff to Benny's guy, Scheffler, last yeah. week. And at some point, I love picking outrights that have a big number next to their name. I love picking guys that maybe nobody else is on. At some point, you just look at a name and you go, it just makes too much sense. And I know that it's a shorter price, and I know that there's not a ton of value there necessarily, but Patrick Cantley is playing such good golf right now. And quite frankly, yeah. I don't think he's played his best golf, and I think he can play better. He's a Los Angeles native. This should be right up his alley. He tends to play well on this golf course, as he has in the past. Plus 1,000 is a little hard to swallow because I think there are some really good numbers out there for some big-name players. But look, I got to do what I think, and I got to do what I think is right here with my outright and Patrick Cantley. I, just, I see him holding the trophy at the end of this week, very much like hometown favorite Max Homa last year. Well, mate, I'll say this. I got down to two names, and that was the other one. Mm. So when it came down, and the only thing that swayed me was the value, James. I do think Cantlay is an absolutely solid pick. I think he's due for a victory, clearly. He doesn't usually tire like some guys do when they're in contention and don't close, you know, a few weeks in a row. He is a machine. He will not be phased by the loss in a, in a negative way. He will just, well, he surprised me last week, to be honest, because I don't expect him to play well in front of those crowds this week. He will, UCLA guy, he, he'll be ready. The only thing that stopped me saying it as well was that 1,000. But hey, if you're going to win some money, guaranteed versus no money, right? Like just take the shot. As I yeah. said, those guys in the top 10, you'd be happy to take them all, really. We could probably find a reason not to if you really tried, but you could find many reasons to take them. So I, I list a fade each week in my preview column at Golf Bet. And I had a tough time this week, Benny. Usually there's one of the favorites where I say, for whatever reason, I don't like them. I listed Russell Henley as a fade this week. And yeah, I was going to say, where did you go? I like Russell every week. I mean, this isn't a personal attack on Russell Henley. He hasn't played well at Riviera, and there's been a decent sample size there. So I said to fade Russell Henley. But really, I had to go down to 40, 45 to 1 before I could find somebody that I didn't look at and say, yeah, he can definitely win this week. I mean, there are just a ton of players out there that can win. It's going to make for a really good tournament. Can't wait to watch this whole thing. Thanks to Benny Everill from the PGA Tour. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf That Remember. You can find the Links and Locks podcast everywhere. You find your favorite podcast. You can download, subscribe, rate us, and of course, listen every single week. Good luck with all your bets for this week's Genesis Invitational. Here's over to you. Hit the green. <laughs>